Welcome to Phone Messages, episode 66, Kickball. My name is Paul Mason Foch. This week, I play a message from Liz Wilson. Liz was a night manager at the University of Chicago's Ida Noyes Hall, where I worked behind the coat check desk in my senior year at the college. Liz is now a professor of comparative religion at Miami University in Ohio, and she very kindly agreed to be interviewed by phone. In recent episodes, I have been saying that the messages could have come from fall of 1988 or winter of 1989. This week, I am sure the message comes from the late winter of 1989. In fact, I am fairly certain the date of this message is Friday, March 10, 1989. After I play the message, which is about 40 seconds long, and we hear Liz's response, I will explain how I arrived at this specific date. Okay, here we go. Ticket from Ella, Paul. It's too darn hot. It's going to be 50 degrees this weekend, they say, and maybe even warmer. So, this is Liz, and I'm trying to get people together for a kickball game out at the point Saturday about 2 o'clock. And I hope you'll come. And if you want to call me back at 684-6335 and tell all your friends, and let's make it a party. Goodbye. Lovely, lovely. Pretty uninhibited uh, phone message, I would say. Chicago was a place where there was a great latitude for forming community, and I love that about Hyde Park. One of the things I always appreciated was going to Promontory Point, the, on Lake Michigan, and enjoying the fact that that was a civic space where people could just, complete strangers, could play kickball together. We would go, and uh, sometimes we'd take chalk and play Foursquare, and then whatever kids showed up was welcome. There was one time when I remember there was a little kid who was still in diapers, and uh, he was not totally out-trained, and um, I think it might have been Greg Fleet was really good at saying to this little guy, hey, buddy, you know what? You need to go find a caregiver and get some stuff taken care of before you can play with us. The little kid waddled off, and he did take care of his physical needs, and we continued to have a nice What can you say about what you would have been doing in Chicago of March 1989? I would have been at the University of Chicago Divinity School doing a doctoral program. And at that point, I would have been moving towards dissertation writing. Because I know in 1990, that's when I got into full-gear writing, and I was done by 1992. I'm sure I would have been enjoying the life of Hyde Park. You worked as a night manager at Ida Noyes Hall. Can you tell me when you started and how long you worked that job? Well, I wish I could remember when I 
started. I do remember how I ended that job, and that had to do with actually a similar type of situation where, as a female, I was not eligible to apply because they wanted men, you know, they just felt that if I didn't always was to be as safe as they wanted, they wanted night managers who projected some authority or muscle or something. So uh, I got mad and I quit. It might have been May of 1989. Um, but before you contacted me, I'd been thinking about my time at Idenoise as a night manager, and I was thinking about some of the people that we interacted with, um, two stories in particular. So the first one, um, the theater, that was in Idenoise, where they had art house kind of film showings, and it must have been a Friday night with one of these showings. This guy showed up, and he was a known exhibitionist. He'd been evidently coming into Idenoise Hall and opening up his raincoat and exhibiting himself to many people over the years. And so he showed up, I called camp security, he was removed, and that was that. That was not a big deal, but I, I spent a lot of time um, hanging out with campus security folks. So they were telling me about this other famous Hyde Park eccentric who I never encountered but once. He was a retired professor of music. And he'd walk around Hyde Park, you know, and be kind of in his own world, walking on the sidewalk and rehearsing a song or singing or something. And if people got in his way or he felt that he was being slighted, he would shake his yellow handkerchief menacingly and sort of get out of my way or, I don't know, maybe just shake his handkerchief while he continued to sing. And I always thought that man epitomizes a lot of what I appreciated about the Hyde Park scene. After Liz told me this story about the man with the yellow handkerchief, I vaguely recalled encountering this character a few times on the streets of Hyde Park. As for the date of the message... Liz says it's going to be 50 degrees this weekend and maybe even warmer. This suggests she is looking forward to a break from the chill of winter. So I looked for Chicago's first 50-degree weekend of 1989 and found Saturday, March 11, reached a high of 58 degrees. She could have called any day of the week before March 11, but most likely it was Friday, since the forecast would have been more accurate at that point. Sadly, I do not think I was able to join the kickball game that weekend, although it sounded like a blast. The music Liz uses in the background to her message is Ella Fitzgerald singing Too Darn Hot from her 1956 Verve recordings of the Cole Porter songbook. Returning to the man with the handkerchief, if someone has more details on who this person was, please get in touch. Also, if you left a message on my machine back in Chicago, or have any other comments, you can reach me at my website, pfoch.com. That's P-F-O-T-S-C-H dot com. Many thanks to Liz for sharing her memories. And thank you for listening. Talk to you next week.